Welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift, our weekly celebration of all things motorsports. I'm your new host, Mr. Zero Lift. Uh, Ryan had to take a personal time out from the podcast. Um, it's to be determined whether or not he'll come back. But for the time being, it's just us GTR boys, me and John. <laughs> and I got John here. Yeah, that was uh, um, that was strange because we hit record and we were like, huh, who's going to start this? Uh yeah. But no, yeah. So I'm taking the helm for the for the time being. Yeah. Um, uh, no hard. We'll, we'll try to offset this volt, this void that is Ryan with uh, a little bit more guests um, to fill your ears with. Yeah, and there's no hard feelings uh, with with Ryan. He just had to take some time out, and uh, you know I hope maybe someday he can come back, but it's to be determined. But uh, so we're gonna bumble our way through intros and outros now, and try and pretend Probably. like we know questions that a new person would ask. Uh, yeah. So, so there's that. <laughs> On this week's subject is car shows. We're we're all about the car shows this week, which I don't think we've really we never really chatted about car shows or the state of car shows or that industry. No, not really. Um, so I went to a my. I will call it my first car show back in America since moving from Japan uh, back in 2020. So like it's this has been a long time coming for me, and I've been a little hesitant because I just thought it was going to be some regular ass traffic out there in the car show, um, but it wasn't. I was quite surprised. Quite surprised. It was a nice curated show. Um, Which one it was put on by? It was. It's called Super Drive. Super. It's like a super drive, super drive official. It's by, run by this guy named Tim here, here in the Sacramento local area. Um, it was their trunk or treat uh, sort of event for the year. Because, you know, it was it was on Halloween weekend. And there, it was like a packed lot. Like a soup, like a, not a mall lot, but pretty, pretty damn close. Like a, a big shopping center. They had just rented out that whole space. So there was a bunch of JDM cars, a bunch of Europea out there. There's some American muscle out there that I loved, actually. Well, I am not a person to say anything about the Fox Body Mustang, John. You know me. But I I saw this five-point slow that was just sitting so right in the parking lot. You and and it, it had the moves. <laughs> what? Had Hoosiers in the back, you know? Okay, I love hating on Fox Body Mustangs, but what was so nice about this particular one that got you all excited um it was how it looked how it sounded it was kind of slammed to the ground the fitment to the hoosier wheels was was pretty on point i would say like uh credit card on point <laughs> it, it just had a, a a good like a, a not crazy stupid dumb stuff camber it had like some nice you know negative three degree camber or you know but was, race car stuff but was it set up did it look like it was set up for corners or for a straight line or it, it, it looked like it was set up for corners i mean it was gauge uh caged and gutted um i don't really know about the hoosiers in the corners but you know and i didn't see the engine either so i'm not quite sure what he's putting down but it sounded nice coming out the parking lot like beefy nice was it a was it a 5-0 like ho like I don't, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it underneath the, the hood, so I can't really really say anything about that. But there were also some um, JDM goodness in there. I saw some S15s, quite a bit of S15s here in the States now, 
I'm a little curious how they're getting those uh, registered. It'd probably just stay registered. Which is cool to see. They all looked clean. There was some the R33s. Uh, Mike over from the Red Rev Match podcast. He was also over there showing off his 33 GTR in his Subaru. Oh yeah, he it was nice. A 33, doesn't it? Yeah. I did not bring the the GTR out. Um, one what? because I I still haven't I still haven't. Yeah. So you know it's it's a long thing with me, right? I've I haven't gotten the GTR registered in another state so it was registered in texas but now it's it's going to be registered in south dakota i'm i'm a south dakota resident for those asking and so it's all legal but like can we talk bring, about I didn't bring it out hold on how black ops is this or should we cover this like this might be decent info nah, nah, it's 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 not that black ops listen my california address is going to be on the on the title it's an out-of-state registration uh, it's. I called the county clerk's office. I had a conversation. She sent me all the stuff. Let's she assured not, me that it was all legal. Let's not share the county just for whatever's sake. But right. Yeah. We don't need. We don't need. I'm not going to share the county. But uh, I can only say this in South Dakota. Hold on. For the record, you're telling me there are places in South Dakota that will allow you to register your car there, though you are not actually a resident of that place. In fact, yes. And it's completely above the table. Completely on the table. Because like if I'm being if I'm being fully transparent, like my registration situation right now is a little bit of a gray zone because I don't actually have a residence in the United States. And I'm just mm. keeping my old driver's license and all my registration, everything was in Florida, and I'm just keeping that because there's no state income tax and blah blah blah. And like I live in Saudi Arabia, like what are they gonna do? Um so like, right. I mean, I don't know what else I'm supposed to, I, where am I supposed to be a resident of when I don't even live in the United States, but I just never, I never changed my driver's license over when I got out of the military to, you know, I lived in DC for less than a year. Um, so yeah, that's kind of great. I think it's just by your, your last address. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, I think you're, you're doing fine with keeping it's, it all Florida. Be all right. It's it's okay. It's it's if I was being like a hundred percent up to date, I would have done it to Virginia, for like the uh, the short time that I rented a place there. Um, but I'm just like, well, I was just out of the military, blah, blah, blah. and now I'm out of, out of the country, and nobody even knows. I don't I don't have any roots in Virginia, so like it's fine. Um, but yeah. uh, but you're telling me that the South Dakota thing is actually all copacetic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to send me an email to let me know how much I need to pay them. And then they'll send me my plates and registration. What do they do? They do uh, like emissions testing, safety inspections. Nope. Just zero. Okay, so you just mail your shit in and you get new tags. Yep. You don't even need to do like a VIN verification for it, which you know, oh, some it could Florida be difficult. Florida requires VIN verification. Right. Yeah. Mm. It does. Mm. Man, we're just we're just. So yeah, not nothing. That's very interesting. Well, as long as as long as you paid tax for it somewhere, that's all. That's that's their biggest thing. As long as you paid some sort of sales or excise tax, either at the the previous state or you're going to pay it at this at the time of registration. That's all they really really care about. Interesting. Okay. Which is interesting for me because I've owned the GTR for ten years now, over the span of two countries, <laughs> and so like. When I imported into Texas, when I imported into America through Texas, Texas didn't 
charge me an excise tax because I showed proof of ownership for more than a year, which is which is the law over there. When you're ever importing a car from a foreign country, uh, if you've if you could prove that you you've owned that car outside of the country for more than a year, you don't have to pay any sort of sales or excise tax on it. Yeah. Uh, for those listening, now you know you know. Um, and so that's what I'm sort of waiting to hear back from this county clerk's office, whether or not they're going to charge me an excise tax now, because essentially I've never had to. Um, and so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that's not too much either. Okay. Well, I... Do you got anything else on your car show or, or the Dakotas? Um, no, I, I did meet a few GTR owners, uh, new ones, Drink. some that I already knew. Yeah, I hope to bring the GTR out to the next one with some plates. Uh, I had Lenzo with me as well, so like I'll have to do that solo. I don't think the car seat will fit in the back of the GTR. It's not particularly safe. The, those GTR back seats are not meant for anybody to sit in them ever. I feel like <laughs> once he's old enough for a forward-facing car seat, the back seats would actually be perfect. For yeah, him. May, yeah, okay. You're, you're right there. I, yeah. I'm, I'm in concurrence. Um, no. But yeah, otherwise. I think no, that's the only that's thing. That's all I had for the car show. So I went to Bahrain for the first time, uh, which where I live is about Ooh. an hour and a half away. It's just a little causeway bridge drive over. Um, I finally got my, I have my residence certificate for Saudi Arabia. I have my own bank account here now. Um, Ooh. Still working on my driver's license. Your U.S. license is good for three months, so I'm not riding dirty yet, but uh, I'm getting close. Um, so soon. Um, but anyway, you know, everybody goes to Bahrain on the weekends because it's, uh, for those of y'all that don't know, Bahrain's crazy. It's it's part of. I love the accent that you've already developed, Sean. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you, know, you know, I'm trying to say stuff like a like a local, so I don't sound so white. You know, the funny thing is that uh, Saudis are kind of fair skinned. They're not super dark. So you're blending in more than you thought you would. Well, with my big ass beard, no, I've actually had people like talk to me and be like, "Oh, I thought you were local before I talked to you." Um, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I just that's need to cool. get the white robe, and and I'll just. Just, just fit right in. Um, yeah, no, my, I guess my beard's going harder than I, I thought it did. Twice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so everybody goes over there to party, and Bahrain is a party city. Well, it's a country, but like, it, country city. It's very small, but it, it's nuts. It's like, like for my military folk, like the rowdiest port you ever pulled into. Like, that's. That's Bahrain. Yeah, I never got the opportunity to go over there. Us um, army army folk don't have any business over there. Well, it's not my... I like going out and getting liquored up, but I ha got my fill of the sleazy, you know, prostitutes everywhere, buy me drinky type bars when I was a younger man in the Navy. Um, so I got a little exhausted by it. Like, you just walk into a bar and you immediately get assailed by prostitutes like they're mm. everywhere and it's like you can't depending on the part of town you're in there's certain parts of town that are better but all the places where the americans i was following go are the scummy parts of town where like you can't meet a girl that's not working 
and like it's kind of discouraging yeah. it's like uh, mm. it's, yeah you'll be like yeah at, i would I, I, yeah you're it's at pretty the, tiring. You're at the bar. That. You're at the bar talking to somebody, and you're like, "So, what do you? Uh, what do you like to do? Oh, anything you want. That's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not where I was going with that question. But okay. Uh, but uh, so after a night of, yeah, I haven't drank anything in two months, so that was nice to get that out of my system. The next day, one of my friends who's blissfully a nerd, uh, just so happened to be Bahrain Comic-Con. Yeah. Didn't know it was a thing. But I was like, yes, I will go. Um, so I went to Comic-Con, which is at the the track, like the Formula One track. It's it's there in the little convention center on the track. Um, so Comic-Con was super no. cool. Yeah, Comic-Con was super cool. Um, it, it was fun. It was not quite as spectacular as like San Diego. But, uh, but it was a nice little diversion. But then what's cool is I walked out at the end of the night. And when I first stepped out, I heard a bunch of popping. And my first thought was like gunshots. And then I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, for those of you that don't know Middle East geography, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, that area is super duper safe until you go to like Yemen. But Yemen, where I am, is like being in florida and worried about crime in new york like it's just not close um uh so i'm like gunshots doesn't make sense and then i was like is that fireworks and then it dawned on like then i i realized that is anti-lag that is a two-step oh shots fired yeah quite literally yeah and so i was like hold on a second what is going on and then i noticed like uh, hey, you beelined it over there, didn't you? Dude, there was a crispy, 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 crispy clean FDRX7 Spirit, um, 2J, like, twin turbo Mark IV Supra parked right next to each other. And I mean showroom. Um, there was a, I think it was an R33 parked next to those. Like, they just lined up like, JDM Legends. I was like, what is happening here? Um, oh. and then I start looking and I saw a bunch of trailers on the other side of the parking lot. So I ran over there, bro. There was a drift meet in the parking lot of comic-con like a legit. <laughs> that is dope. Like, like it was like sponsored by Red Bull. Um, yeah. Had an announcer, Ooh. the whole business. Um, I took, I posted it. I think you retweeted it on the podcast site, but I posted it to my Instagram. Oh yeah. 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 I, I reposted it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, these builds were super legit and it was a good mix of some of the drivers were absolutely surgical. Like uh, the video I sent, that guy was really good. Like doing, I, th so it was, uh, it was a drift track where it was just in a parking lot and you know, you have to maneuver around stuff and not hit the walls or the cones or whatever. And I mean, this guy was doing like super low speed, like floating reverse entries, not hitting cones and stuff i don't know i didn't quite capture all that on the video i sent um but all, it was all i saw was a bunch of billowing smoke yeah, that dude hey. was throwing up clouds like he's snoop dog well dude. that guy that guy wasn't even the most aggressive so there's one dude who was not the best driver but his car was built he was like a crowd favorite and his car was built very high end i think he was in a uh i think he was in a sylvia um, but he had the, he had the anti lag turned on to eleven every time he lifted 
the the throttle. It was just like never, it wasn't like one or two. It just never stopped. Uh, his car obviously made a fuck ton of power. He did not have a ton of control over it, and like he actually ripped his wing off. Just like he did a drift around some barricades and just dragged the ass into the car across the barricades and ripped the wing off. <laughs> the crowd went nuts. Uh, he did not win, but he got fan favorite, you know. Um, but I, show. I had no idea they get down in Bahrain. They get freaking down. Um, so you'll be, you'll be spending more time out there? I intend what to. You're saying. I intend to. I need to find, like, even if I don't necessarily have my own ride, I just need to make some homies and just be around it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I will say I found found, like legit found, like off-roading shenanigans there's a maybe 100 200 meter tall sand dune by a bay about an hour away from my house and every so the weekends here are thursday or uh friday and saturday of the weekend so the hot nights are thursday and friday every thursday friday night at this dune there is a i mean hundreds and thousands of people and it's kids riding atvs just drifting ATVs all over the place. There's a bunch of dudes in Pajeros and, you know, Forerunners and Hiluxes and stuff. And they are, it's a pretty steep hill and they're trying to climb straight up it. And then they're drifting down. And I mean, there's just thousands of people just getting fucking weird in the sand. It's all, it's all the Instagram videos that you see all of, the of people videos. doing that stuff in the, yeah. Oh, that's, and that's just like a, a random sand dune, not really organized, just like, bro, poof, this is good. We're, we're going to set up here. You go to Half Moon Bay in Hobar on a Thursday or Friday night, and you will see thousands of people getting freaking wizard in the sand dunes. And, my, you know, grandma and grandpa are out sitting on rugs eating, you know, there's like, there's like festival tents and stuff up. Um, and so oh, I, yeah, I went down there because um, I have a, I bought a sandboard and put snowboard bindings on it. And I've just been, I just keep it in the, my back seat <laughs> and I randomly sandboard down dunes whenever I find them. And I was down in Hobar, which I live in Jubail. There's nothing in Jubail. There's nothing really to do. Everything cool is like an hour away. So I'm down there a fair bit. Um, and I was like sitting in the parking lot looking at all these trucks going up and down. I was like, man, if I try to skate down that, am I going to get run over? And after, yeah, after deliberating on it for a half an hour, I said, fuck it. And I just got out, slung it over my back, started walking up the dune. And this dude pulls up next to me and says, where are you going? And I was, the top. And he was like, hop in. So I hop in the bed of this guy's truck and he drove me up to the top of the dune. I skated down. <laughs> Everybody was kind of freaking out because nobody does that here. Nobody knew what the hell I was doing when I was strapping in. Uh -huh. um, crazy white boy. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Yeah. So I did a I did a frontside 180 for him at the bottom. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then that guy drove back down and he was like, "Hey, there's a couple better dunes about five minutes that way. You want me to take you?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure I do." And so we went. Oh, nice. Yeah, we went to these other dunes and, and skated down a couple times. Got homeboy's number, so maybe I have some friends there now. But that was really nice, right? Just random guys like, hey, you want to ride up at the top? Uh, that yeah. Looks, that thing, you're, nice. that thing wow. you're carrying looks weird. Uh, <laughs> what do you do at Watt Boy? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not all strictly motorsports related, but interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. I need to find uh, I, I, a car show here. 
I want to. I want to see more. Yeah, we need to see pictures. We need to see video. We gotta experience this vicariously through you next okay. time, okay. John. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do more of it. I'm gonna do more of it. No, actually, you know what? I should go to the hill and take like, like, like take some in depth. Like, what's up, guys? I'm here. Hello. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Yeah. Show show us how steep this this dune is, because I'm I'm really curious. Dude, the funny... I know those get. Yeah. Like almost vertical and it's wicked. Well, and here's the funny thing about sandboarding is the sand is a lot has a lot more friction than snowboards. So to mm-hmm. get going with the kind of speed that you want to be able to carve and stuff. And the other thing is cuz it has more friction when you try and do a turn, uh you lose more speed. And so I'm going down usually going down like the vertical side where if if I was on a snowboard, this would be a horrifying double black. And on a sandboard, because it's slower, it rides like a blue, like a hard blue. Um, but right. it, but when you're at the top looking down, you're like, bro, this is like, this is like a sixty degree, sixty sixty five degree, <laughs> right? And like, yeah, sixty degree on a snowboard, you'd be like, f me, man, like. Yeah, I, even even I'm kind of a little like, oh, uh, what the fuck am I about to get myself into? Well, I did I did some <laughs> I did backcountry I did some backcountry stuff in Switzerland, and a couple of the slopes I was on was like a 45 degree. And for those of you that have never done like really sketchy skiing, an actual 45 degree vertical feels like the end of the world. You're like, I am going to fall straight down. Like it is. And, and if you're packing fresh wax, man, you're going fast. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Um, and then here I was like, this is a few degrees steeper than what I did in Switzerland, but it's slow. It's really slow. So once you get on it, you're like, oh, I'm good. Um, and it, sand rides like heavy, fresh, heavy powder. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's not, it takes, it takes a little bit of effort to, you know, make a turn. It takes some, especially with more friction, whatever. Yep. It takes some effort to make a turn and you have to get a lot of speed and float up on top of it or it feels like absolute ass but then when you're moving it feels really good but it does feel kind of powdery it's it's weird it's really weird and i i, I just need to hop on a plane and go to saudi arabia and visit you and check it out for myself <laughs> well i think that'd be dope i think Maybe the, one of these is i think cutter and uh and uh uae actually has better dunes if, if you're doing dunes specifically but anyway well, yeah i'm not a i'm not an expert anyway we're, let's get back on our topic. Yeah, for, back on track. for today. That was a fun side for, uh, sidebar. Yeah, this is a good sidebar though. Uh, car shows and car probably shows. most arguably the the biggest car show on the planet. It's SEMA. SEMA week was just last week down in Vegas. Happens every year, same week, same sort of week. It's the first week of November. Uh, the reason why I'm putting so much detail into this, we'll get into later. <laughs> um, but yes, it's the biggest car, arguably the biggest car show. It's where everybody exhibits their new builds, their new pro. Uh, I think I lost you. New wild paint jobs, turbo kits, bagged, you name it. It's there at SEMA. Um, for those who have been to Tokyo Auto Salon and who know what I'm talking about, uh, and not to SEMA, think Tokyo Auto Salon maybe on a like on a two or three x scale. I would say yeah, it's a yeah. huge venue. 
Yes. There's no way that you like you could do Tokyo Auto Salon in one day, maybe if you like run around. I don't think you could do to SEMA in one day. I've I've not been to SEMA. That's on my list of things to do. Um, but I, from what I've heard, like that's an impossible task. Yeah, SEMA's massive, and it's it's kind of, I guess in the states, it's kind of like the the who's who of aftermarket car stuff, like pop culture and. Then you'll even get some OEMs will debut new ideas and stuff there. Although I think, I think it tends to slant more towards the aftermarket. Well, it's interesting. Now you got more manufacturers actually debuting um, new cars, like Acura, for example, sort of debuting their new Integra race car program at SEMA. I mean, yes, it's still sort of aftermarket driven. Um, but you know, they're, they're trying to do all that with the new Integra, all that marketing. So well, actually, you, say, you know, actually, I think, uh, I think Tokyo Auto Salon is a good parallel because Tokyo Auto Salon is also a mix of like OEM and custom, you know, yeah. aftermarket. And it's not like, um, uh, what's the big European one? Uh, oh, shoot Geneva. Yeah. Geneva, Geneva Motor Show? Which Geneva is like almost all industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That's all, all OEM, right? Right. And so I, th I think Tokyo Auto Salon is actually a decent parallel comparison to SEMA, where it's, you know, you have some actual companies and then you have just people. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you had Toyota out there at SEMA. You had GR yep. Yep. and 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 all guys who racing, and the same thing happens in Tokyo. But yeah, Subaru, you know, all the, it's all Japanese manufacturers. And I think in SEMA, there's probably some American manufacturers with booths out there as well, right? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't think, I don't think that our purpose for this episode necessarily was to like cover like, oh, what happened at SEMA? Um, I think we were just going to kind of talk about it in a more general sense, but also talk about what we liked and what we hated. Um, yeah, there was quite a bit. Okay. So quite a bit. Give me. Let's start. Give me your, you know, two, three, like, top wins that you saw from SEMA this year. Oh, I think uh, I don't want to rank these one, two, three. I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the all-wheel drive four-rotor RX-7 built by Rob Dam. Yeah, Rob Dam. I, I think that's Rob Dam. Yeah. Dominant. That is wicked. Yeah, that's a W. Huge W. I'm not even a rotary guy. I'm not even an a FD RX-7. I love them. I think they're timeless. I like have a huge appreciation for them. But like, I've shortly owned one. Didn't you know really understand it? And so like, I did a service myself. This is awesome. Huge win. I love everything about it. You know, I um, not a huge fan of his car. <laughs> this one yeah and i'm oh. i'm 100 percent a little surprised i know i know i know i know because it's so me right like i um i'm 100 percent faster open <laughs> i'm 100 percent open to like the possibility that i'm just being a hater um but like as somebody that's kind of followed his stuff i Gosh, how do I even say this? I don't like builds that are just <laughs> like everything. 
Like, oh, I'm going to build it. All-wheel drive with four rotors and seven turbos and a wide-body kit and an air shifter and cantilever suspension. I'm like, okay, like, okay, you're just going to build a prototype race car. Like, whatever, dude, and put a body on it. Um, and he also has, like, documented his build series so much. And, like, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know how much work. I don't think this guy does actually a lot of his own work. I think he mostly is just, like, a YouTube guy that I, I don't follow rob dam I, I watch his videos occasionally and every time i watch his video he's always like what's up we're here at blah blah speed and barney's tuning my car um and it just he, con he contracts out his work is what you're saying right which i don't you know if you out there as a listener yeah, got the do money that, like it. that's fine i'm just like it doesn't interest me to watch that and Mm -hmm. his car has been built so many it was like a three rotor and then it caught on fire because it was done like shit and then they redid it and then like um and then i just look at the engine bay and i'm like this is too fucking busy this is a disaster you know i'll i'll give you that it, it there's a lot going on in the car and so yeah if i if i took some time out of my day if i took some time out of my day researched this build and really got to know the ins and outs of it, I might change my opinion. But for my, you know, I watch a Rob Dom video like once every three to six months. So I kind of have an idea what he's doing. I know what the community buzz is. And then I see it and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the side exit fender exhaust. I, John. Like I said, I could in be. A it's I might be a hater. shape. It's in a rotary shape. I might be a hater. Oh, that's I might, dope. I might be a hater. I might be a hater. I'm, I'm willing. I'm offering it up. It just, I just looked at it. I was like, ha, that's neat. I was like, why the hell is the intake tubing going underneath the cantilever suspension? That looks like a bitch to work on. I don't want to work on it. All right, next. Um, he, he, he must be uh, working with a fabricator from Nissan. Yeah, exactly. Now, on the flip side, not I'm going to let you go back to your list, but this just dovetails right into on the flip side. I love the Zonda Mercedes V12 in an FDRX7 build. That car is fucking wicked, dude. That shit is so clean. It's it's unreal. It's unreal how clean that is. You know, is. And it, it's funny you bring that up. Why is that? Because that's on my list of L's. Yes! That's a huge L. Yes! Why is that on your L list? <laughs> because it's so wild. It's, 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 it's the most useless engine swap i've ever seen into an fd and i've seen useless? a lot like you could ls you, you have all the ls swaps you have all the other ridiculous swaps what in the world would compel anybody to put a v12 a mercedes v12 zonda it's not even really okay hold on i'm not even gonna say that it's not out of a zonda it's just uh what's in the zonda that motor has never been in Azonda, okay. I think they so, just built it. So that was clickbait. Okay. That was a clickbait title. Yes, okay. the absolutely clickbait title. Um, it's just the same engine that's in the Zonda. Right. Anyway. Well, here's the thing for me. Why it, the 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 first of all the the power distribution, like the weight distribution of the of of the of the chassis and the engine, probably totally off. There's probably too much power for that chassis. It's never going to go straight or take corners well, I assume. 
You're probably I right. Know, it's just so wild. You're probably right. I like it one because it, it just seems unmanageable. I like it one because it is either a one of the most well executed swaps, good or bad, well executed swaps I've ever seen, or b not a functional car, which we'll probably talk about that later. But like it is so crispity, crackly, crunchily clean. There's no clutter anywhere. You can get to everything. Everything's like shaved and like it. And I don't know if it's actually a real car. Like I hope it is. Because I don't think it starts up. Well, maybe even if it doesn't, I, I eat my words. But um, I. The, but the other thing I like about it is that, you know, when I have dream cars in my head, when I'm like, I need to build this dream car, they're always using a weird ass engine, and I don't. There's like a legion of people that hate on all cars with LS swaps because they should have put a 2J swap in it, and it's like, can we just? How about we just stop doing LS and 2J swaps and be creative? And <laughs> yeah, and this is uh, yeah. I would I would think <laughs> that putting a Mercedes V12 is pretty creative. I'll give him that. And the execution of this car, I will also give much credit to. It's very clean. I think um, the dude that does the the crazy 3D renders, Kaza, uh, I think he he's the one who made the body kit. And so, like, props to him. All of his stuff, he doesn't miss. Uh, love his bodywork, uh, and he's doing good stuff. But, but like, I, 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 I don't oh, think it's functional. Work. If it is going to be functional, uh, like in, in the that it runs and drives, I think it's going to be a shit track car. Which is, if if that's what they're doing, it's trying to do with it, like it's going to be in an open and unlimited series, right? And so, like what you said previously about the Rob Dam. RX-7 is that it's basically a prototype car, and that's basically what this RX-7 is. <laughs> Tune in we'll next see. week, folks, where every SEMA car is a prototype car. That's right. All right, what's your next win, though? Um, my next win is uh kind of obvious, I think. Once I say it, the garage active, wide body, all dry carbon fiber, midnight purple three. RB30 HKS RB30 car. Okay, and <laughs> that thing. one. Just so I'm not confusing them, that is not the one with the really long runner Cerakoted gold manifold. That's the other one. <laughs> yes, that's okay. the other one. Yeah. Okay. They, this I think this is their own only their second dry carbon wide body uh, GTR that they've made, but the, this one is pretty wicked. So and yeah, they have the red, the red, the dark red carbon one, the blue carbon one, the thirty three that's in blue carbon, the all dry carbon thirty two with exposed. They've built quite a few of these. I think uh, Sakamoto said said seven, seven of these cars he's built so far. So this is not on my big win list, but I'm a huge fan of this car, and the reason is that it's. It's like dialed up to 11, but it's actually very simple and it looks like an R32, if that makes sense. Like, um, yeah. the other car that I was talking about that has that crazy long kind of top mount manifold and it has the crazy tail lights that everybody's freaking out about. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that also has a garage active body kit on it. It might. Um, that was like. These, the Garage Active and the one I'm talking about, I can't remember the company behind it, but those are like the two most popular R32s at the show. Yeah. Um, 
I thought the other one, not the one you're talking about, I thought the other one was like a little much for me. Um, there was some stuff they did extremely well, um, but I was just like, I don't know. I don't like I don't like car builds that like fundamentally completely change the entire car. Um, yeah, I like I like I, car builds I think we're that, yeah, there. that like kind of resemble the original car, but they just make it you know complement it right. Right, <laughs> exactly. And the one that you're talking about, the Garage Active one, like I thought that was uh, for for uh, you know we're gonna spend all this money on a top tier show car, but like it. It just gets it to where, like, you look at it and you're like, I could build this. Maybe not in an mm -hmm. all dry carbon fiber body kit, but like, I could potentially own this if I put in some time and effort into my car. And, and I just appreciate that because once a car starts to look like an alien to me, it just loses relevance and I just stop caring. Yeah, I would agree, and and I I concur with your point on the other um, thirty two that was the show. I think it had like a thirteen hundred horsepower RB thirty. RB32, they yep. took an RB30 block, then bored it over for a 3.2 liter, and then stuffed a massive yeah, yeah. turbo on it. And Had I, air ride suspension, and then two big ass bottles of NOS in the back yeah, seat. Like, and, and I'm not taking anything oof. away from that car because they did a lot of really excellent detail work, like custom machining a bunch of bulkhead connectors out of raw aluminum and yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's, that's amazing. Saw that. But, like, I have no desire. Good execution on all. Yeah, I don't want air ride in a car at any price. At any price. I don't want to build a track car and put air ride in it. I don't want nitrous in my track car. I, I don't I don't care about those stupid headlights that change, or taillights that change colors. Um, so, you know, I didn't like it as much as the Garage Active. I thought the Garage Active was, like, business and looked like a car that somebody would actually drive. Yeah. I, I totally agree. All right, what's your what's your last win? Uh, my last win is the Ryan Turk nineteen sixty six Toyota Stout. Bro, all right, that tied another car, but it is also on my win list. Yes, we come together on something. What is that? Is that like a four AGE or something? Like, what did they swap in? That? Yeah, it's a four AGE in in <sighs> in there. It looks super clean everything about this i love it and that yes yeah. unfortunately it's kind of also in the prototype car spectrum of everything that we're talking about <laughs> because it's so custom but it's <laughs> so it's so clean and it's so business it doesn't look like a show car it looks like a fucking it's a race yeah car it looks like simple. it does the thing and it's simple it's simple like yes it has cantilever suspension and stuff but it's like all it's like all right there and you can see it and it's like i could build this like it's i don't know i just like the simplicity yeah um plus it's rad nobody the builds the details in it yeah oh it's so cool and it's it looks like a real race car like like they actually drive it um no that car's super rad and nobody builds these old trucks like what yeah, I've never even seen the Toyota. Leave it to stack. Ryan Turk to do it. Yeah, so sick. The uh, a really good detail that I like about this car is uh, on the rear of the over fenders. They're finned out on the the air. The air dam has like fins, level of fins, uh, and it looks functional. That's like a really cool detail for me, and, and I hope that those uh, gain popularity here. Um, and, and that sort of style making and, and more people adopt it. I hope we see some legit, um, like Baja race car style builds, like more, more of that. Like 
less lifted, yeah that'd be dope yeah less lifted parking lot trucks and more of this toyota stout word now i guess we have the l's oh, hold which on a there second. are quite few hold on a second. let me share let me share my w's oh, you... oh, oh sorry yeah. Oh, yeah 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 okay so this is a controversial pick and i don't think you would have guessed me to pick this but like this car is business and it does everything right and it it i wanted to hate it but they they executed it too well and that is the k swap ferrari 308 hmm ah uh, yeah i've been actually sort of following this build on youtube uh for the past two years it's wild dude the body kit does not look stupid it looks good um the functional the layout of the engine bay it is clean it is logical it is it's just well executed uh the car looks very well finished and put together um the k swap is probably more reliable and makes more power than the stock ferrari v8 um matter of fact i'm sure of it uh and i mean the car just looks the fucking business uh they didn't just go you know liberty walk on it uh it, it's just it, they just did a good job and i want to shit on it but i can't it's too good it's too well done it you know i also was trying to find something to to not like about it but it, it's just a very well executed very thought out methodical build and it's of wow i have to say there is one thing though uh, his post, his Instagram post, said something about, you know, Group B sound, Group B power. And I made a comment in another group chat that I'm in. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure that he's using that in the the way that he thinks he is. <laughs> and then they're like, everyone's like, what do you, what do you mean, Leonard? I'm like, well, I mean, if he's talking Group B sound, I get it. Group B power, that means it's, oh, it's peaky and unmanageable at the top? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, and everyone's like, uh, no, I think it was meant he put down a huge amount of power. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's correct. But, like, they also put down gobs of unmanageable power. So I mean, what's the deal there? Yeah. But anyway, that's just my, my criticism. I found something. I found something. <laughs> I found something to hate about this car. Um, and then, okay, so we talked about the Mercedes V12 RX-7. You talked about that Toyota Stout. So I had a car that tied the Toyota Stout for how much I like it. And that is the, uh, mm -hmm. god dang it, was it Rentec? No, there, there was, so there was a custom company that took a uh, E30 M3 and put the V12 from a M5 in it. Uh, it's Renner. 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 Yes, thank you. Not Renner. I think, Renner. I think it started correct you twice. It's, I think they put a v, the V10 out of the M5 in there. What did I say? You said V12? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's the V10. Um, the uh, S yes. S82, I believe? Um, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, so the V10 out of an M5, which is one of the coolest engines in one of the ugliest cars of all time, and then they took it and put it in one of the prettiest BMWs of all time. Uh, it's It looks OEM. It looks like you could buy the car from BMW like that. It's so crispy clean that car is probably absolutely useless for anything but drifting um with that much power <laughs> in that chassis uh 
but the 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 that S eighty two V ten is one of my dream swaps. I want to put it in something. I don't even know what. I just want it in something small and like two seater. Um, and so to see somebody do that in a classic, you know, beloved car that is just you know so respected, and then such a sweet engine, and then to do it to such a high level, um, yeah, got really pulled in my heartstrings there. I, I agree. It's a very well put together resto mod build. Yep. Um, I was actually watching the in-depth video coverage Larry Chen did of this car uh, during SEMA and come to find out like a lot of the stuff that they still use for those builds and those cars is original from BMW. Like the, yeah, yeah. the, lane, the lane change indicator uh, lenses are original. The Front windshield is original from BMW. Like they have, like he said, like oh yeah, we have the last five all original front license front windshield plate uh, for the E30 from BMW. Like in the world, we own them. <laughs> it's in our stock, and we're gonna make them for for our customers. Uh, the level of detail in the wheels, the turbofan wheels, I or the turbofan it. inspired wheels that put oh, it. I love it. Love it. Love turbofan. The carbon wheels. intake on the on the engine, the design that he said that they went through to make sure that it cleared the hood. Like a lot of this car is great. I love it. I do have a problem with it. Oops. Or maybe I have a problem with the more of the resto mod industry that's come about. Are we going to chalk this it's up to one of the L's? And... Yes. Okay. Yes. This is an L for me. What's that? <laughs> it's $350,000, John, for that <laughs> E30. We've <laughs> made this point before. <laughs> yes. We've made this point before with the uh, 22B Resto mod. Uh, that's half a million dollars. Or maybe we could talk about the Built by Legends R32 GTR. That's a quarter million dollars. Or every right? single singer oh. Porsche ever made. Or Gunther Works or Shark Works. You know, like these. It's. Listen, I love the resto mod industry. I love what they've done because I myself have resto modded to a, a degree, you know, the 32 with newer, more modern, more efficient parts. So, like, I'm there with them. What I don't like and what I think is counterproductive to their whole business model in, morally speaking, not business money ways, is that it's unattainable to the enthusiast or the person that really would use and drive the car as they they are building it let's be honest anybody who has enough money to drop for any of these rest mod cars that these companies are making uh is buying it to put it in their garage and to not really drive it as intended well and it's another it's another income bracket entirely dude because when you you reach a certain income level where you might buy a new Lambo, Ferrari, McLaren, whatever, and have a payment on that, right? For you to spend Lambo, McLaren money on an old piece of shit that got resto modded <laughs> is another income bracket entirely, right? So like just being, right. you know, just being able to afford the, the car note or whatever on an exotic is already out of reach for people. And so that's why 
and you know, I probably didn't say this enough when I was talking shit on Rob Down earlier, but that's what to me makes those cars so unappealing is that like it's already like if I scraped and saved and like gave up some hobbies and didn't want to build my own cars and crap like that and sold some stuff, I could probably afford to get an exotic, right? But there's right. there's no reality where I could afford to get a 30-year-old piece of shit BMW with an engine swap. And All right. and that's what Built by runner. Yeah, so that's what bugs me is that like I get a little tone deaf to exotic cars as it is and then when you just take me one step further, where now I have exotic, like pieces of shit that I can't even get insurance on, dude. I can't get, I can't get real insurance on my Corvette Grand Sport. I can't. I'm sure it's tough. Yeah, I can't. I can't, like I, I have to do like a, a Haggerty policy, and Haggerty sucks. And yeah, boo Haggerty. You know, they're a pain in the ass to deal with. And if you've ever gotten a speeding ticket, they just won't even talk to you, no matter how good your credit score is. Um, <laughs> I'm living proof. Uh, and it just, it's just a pain in the ass. And it's nice to be able to be like, you know, if I called USAA and said I have a, or Geico and said I have a McLaren 720, they'd be like, cool, here's your value. But like, I can't. I have to lie, cheat, and steal and get creative to ensure my very valuable freaking Corvette Grand Sport because it's a replica and it's weird and people don't know how to insure it. So, like, how the fuck am I going to insure a Singer Porsche? How the fuck am I going to insure a $300,000 BMW E30 that your insurance company thinks is worth $15,000 maybe? Um, and so it's just you think your 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 thirty five year old shitbox is worth how? Yeah, and you're not going to get a loan for that, you know. Like, so if you're wealthy enough to afford the loan on a McLaren, um, you have to be wealthy enough to just drop cash on it. It's just a different. And McLaren money's already out of touch, and so you go past that, right. you're even more out of touch. And so, yeah, I. Uh, wow, I just went on a rant. Sorry. <laughs> didn't expect that uh and you you that's just the long-winded agreeance with everything i said (laughs) because that's that's basically like then to what point are you know you really building these it's not really for the enthusiast it's just a you know not even a roll it's a rolling piece of art that's only gonna be that's only gonna be an art piece and like kind of it loses its purpose and there's something to be said about you know cars having a soul i know that sounds kind of cliche and wacky tacky but like uh thing you know things built with a purpose should be used for that purpose you know that's that's all i gotta say about it nope 100 percent agree uh we're getting a little long in the tooth so let's go to what's your next l uh i think that's all the l's i had all right Oh, wait. No, there's one more L. Hold on. What you got? I just looked at my notes. So this is more like a shot at big-name sponsors and OEM manufacturers. They took a huge L. There has been uh, quite a lot of documentation, I think, especially on this this year's SEMA, of the sort of shoddy quality of some of the car builds out there on you know oem manufacturers or some of the big name 
big money sponsors cars. Uh, this one in particular that I, I pointed out that the internet was all up in a uproar, and so like I'm gonna take this this torch. I'm gonna burn it. Uh, over at the T the TN booth, there was a new Acura Integra. It was built by uh, Sarah Cho. She's car builder, influencer, Instagrammer. I think I'm I'm not really familiar with with her or any of her work. Um, so this is an introduction to me and all all of that she does. Uh, but she was given this new Honda Integra. She had developed this body kit, wide body kit for it that was supposed to be an homage to Mugen and all this stuff. And it was 3D printed. All right. Okay. Um, and it, so it was one of the, supposed to be one of the first, you know, well-made 3D printed wide body kits ever made or, or something like that. Um, let me tell you something. The pictures and video of what I saw from SEMA, uh, the fit, like, it was shoddy quality, basically. Fitment was terrible on fender to bumper. There was things that were being secured by exposed screws and, like, aluminum plates on the outside. It, it just overall looked uh, poorly executed, we'll say. Uh, the quality of the 3D printed body kit wasn't there. The wrap was not professional looking, right? There was just a lot of things uh, that were glaringly wrong with it, like on a first glance. And this is SEMA, car show, biggest car show ever. Um, and I, I was just kind of disappointed. And there, there was a few other ones. Um, another one being, I think, the Bizimoto, Bizimoto long tail Porsche that they made. The, the inside of, of the doors was unfinished. Like completely just left unfinished, not even like sanded off the fiberglass well, or anything like that. So to where you like grab the handle. So I don't think that's an indication of uh, what, what was the woman's name that Sarah Cho. I don't think that's an indication of Sarah Cho necessarily being unprofessional. I think that's a because uh, word on the street about that particular Acura in question was that. Honda dumped it on them like three or four months in advance of the show. Correct. Yeah, so they probably. Yeah. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, like you're yeah, sorry. You're, I, I, sorry. I, yeah, I was, I was getting on. I was a little sidetracked. You know, being personal, uh, I I forgot what who I was really mad at, and it's the big name manufacturers and and the big name money sponsors. They, yeah, the word on the street is that they've dropped this on her. You know, at the end of August, and so to design and then build and then to make a 3d printed wide body kit and have all that executed uh in that short amount of time it's not favorable it's not feasible we'll say right it's not feasible yeah um it's a lot of work and i think so i think to your point i think a lot of these big car shows like sema a lot of the cars you see there are shells you know like a lot of the sick track builds you see like don't start and run they haven't dyno tuned them for instance like they just bolted the engine together bolted it in the car and like there's no finishing work there's no wiring or, um i think that's a common problem and yeah it's like uh it's like empty promises in a way like <laughs> uh, it, it, it looks good and, and it but it doesn't doesn't function like it should it, there's it, it's just a, a kind of like a piece a piece of art 
Yeah. Um, and I want to come back to why I put so much detail into when SEMA is. Right. It's in the first week of November every year without fail for how many years? 20 years now? 25 years now? Yeah. It's not a surprise that <laughs> when SEMA is. All right. It's not like, a, oh, shit. SEMA's what this year? It's it's every it's a, the same week every year, folks. Like and so like the planning and time management of these sponsors and these big name OEM manufacturers and I guess now the shops as well who are taking these these builds. Like you, I get it. You're trading, you know, your time and profession for clout and for exposure for more of your branding. But like if you're putting out just just shell things and you're calling that your product and that's your brand like to me that's sort of telling of how far you're willing to go for your customer and, and for your product i don't know maybe i'm i'm being a little bit too judgmental maybe i would rather these shops put out one car that's completely finished instead of five cars that that you know are just not even running just to get their name more out there you know that's just me and my soapbox so yeah i'm an old man about that sponsors get your shit nah. together yeah just get your shit together put out a good put out a good build like it's not like you don't have enough time or the resources or the money it's just you're it feels like the effort is half-assed i don't know um all right i got some other stuff i could say but i think i'm just gonna limit it to one other l that i have sorry i've been on a rant no it's all good it's all good um and that l is and let me finish mm -hmm. the models but it's not the model's fault i don't blame the models i blame car culture <clears throat> there are chicks in bikinis at every sema booth every single one and I don't, okay. I don't know why I don't, it, it feels, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for or against any kind of, you know, hashtag me too woke agenda stuff, but it just seems very, um, it's like a cognitive dissonance to me that we live in a world where like, that's a thing. And then you go to a car show and it's like, chicks with their titties hanging out laying all over cars and right guys go to these shows and well you've been to taz tokyo auto salon like you'll go to these booths and there's these just million dollar just pristine hyper like just the greatest vehicles you've ever seen and there's no one there it's a ghost town and there are 50 people crowding around the models and I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And it's like, I said, yeah, it's not that's the, something we need to change. It's not the model's fault. And I just feel like it, it makes the, the hobby and the sport less approachable for young women that just want to be enthusiasts. Um, and like, and then guys take pictures with the models. Like there's been a couple like high profile photographers that their entire Instagram page is nothing but them with pictures of the models. They don't tag the models in their photos. We don't know who it is. It's just, oh, it's just, scumbag. yeah, it's just chicks of SEMA. And like, it's just like, what is the point? What is the point? Like, it, is this hot or not? I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know. Right? Like, like you're not promoting them. 
uh, I don't understand what they're doing at a car show. I don't understand if they are there, like why they're not at least flaunting their shit. Like, I'm just, I'm just not a fan, not a fan uh, of it. I, I agree. We need to do better. <laughs> not only at SEMA, also at Tokyo Auto Salon, because I mean, if anybody, and John is right, like. <laughs> If you've been to Tokyo Auto Salon, you know exactly what we're talking about. No yes. one goes to Tokyo Auto Salon with a camera to take pictures of the cars. <laughs> are so... They go to take pictures of the models Dude. that are trying to get you to take pictures of the cars. Right. Like, yeah, the models the are Japanese, there yeah, to get the you into the booth. Are like, they're like Vanna lighting yeah. to the Look to at the, this to car, the car over here. And like, bro, anybody that's lived in Japan uh, knows what I'm talking about. There is just a sea of chubby japanese dudes sweating very awkwardly like <laughs> pleading with these models to take photos and they're like climbing all over each other like 20 or 30 deep and it's it's like I, is this your like what are you doing with those photos later bro like you're really desperate right now to get these pictures like i'm uncomfortable and i'm not even her i wonder what she's feeling like in her bikini right now like uh <laughs> yeah it's just so cringe man yeah yeah um, but man we need to do better folks we need to do better we need to do better well uh yeah what else you got we, we would i think that's it i think that's all i got we would normally do a scrap race daily but we're we're long in the tooth here so we should just cut it we're long in the tooth i feel like it would be we'll awkward just the two of us doing a game we'll get some guests on and play again Fear not. Yeah. Uh, uh, that being said, if you're a listener and you would like to be on our show and talk about your cool car that you have, that's the only uh, requirement is that you have that for a cool car uh, that you yourself deem is cool. So if you're a listener out there, come get at us at uh, Zero Lift Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I almost forgot the name of our podcast there. Woo! It Hello, happens. Monday. Um. All, you can also add me at Mr. Zero Lift. Uh, join our Discord, also Zero Lift Podcast. Hit us up. Come join us. We can talk, chat. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Later. It's been fun. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, kids.